We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. This week's episode, as always, is sponsored by TickPick, which should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging you any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Striking Gold podcast and the Blue Wire Network. My name's Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for all of you fine folks and for my friends at the B-Dub. And unfortunately, after a nice little uh, win streak from the 49ers, we're coming at you um, after the 49ers dropped an embarrassing, a tough, a, a rough one uh, against the Seahawks in Seattle. Um, 49ers dropped at 23-30, to 30, and now they move to 6-6. Six and six. Seattle moves to 4-8. and eight. And, uh, man, I'm really going to try and go about this in a way that just isn't me – <laughs> bashing the uh, the 49ers the entire time but there's it's going to be really really hard to uh, to go about it any other way uh, the 49ers seemed like they were hell-bent on finding a way to lose this game and they did they have now been swept by the Seahawks this season and they were swept by the Seahawks last season this is their fourth loss in a row to the Seahawks they've also been swept by the Cardinals um, this year. So they're the 49ers only divisional win, uh, comes earlier in the season against the, against the Rams. So the 49ers, like I said, are now six and six. Uh, well, you can, well, I mean, I, I don't know if we're going to talk much about playoff seating today, but the 49ers are still in the playoff hunt. Uh, after that loss, they dropped down to, uh, they were the sixth seed gaining on the Rams at the fifth seed. Now they dropped down to the seventh seed. Uh, behind Washington, I'm not exactly sure what the tiebreaker is there. Uh, probably divisional record, I guess. Uh, but Washington has a better divisional record, and they are now the sixth seed. The 49ers are the seventh seed, and if the playoffs started today, they would be uh, heading to Green Bay uh, to play the Packers at Lambeau Field uh, in the first round. So uh, that is where they sit right now. Uh, no room to breathe, though. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles are right behind the 49ers at six and seven. Uh, 
And the uh, Minnesota Vikings actually lost to the Detroit Lions. Uh, the Detroit Lions getting their first win of the year. Uh, Minnesota drops back to five and seven. So the 49ers, uh, you could say they have a little bit of breathing room, but they really don't. The, the Eagles are just one loss behind them. Um, but the 49ers do own uh, that tiebreaker, having beaten, beaten the Philadelphia Eagles uh, in week two, I believe. So, tough day for the 49ers. Um, just to start things off, I usually start things off with with kind of updating guys on injuries. Um, Trenton Cannon, the, uh, one of the 49ers, uh, backup running backs, and I need to stop saying, uh, I just caught myself. One of the 49ers' backup running backs and primary kick returner was badly injured in the beginning of the game, went down. Uh, he actually was going for... Uh, the tackle and Talanoa Hufunga came around the right side. Trenton Cannon was coming around the left. Trenton Cannon kind of got behind the guy as he was diving to tackle him. And Talanoa Hufunga came around the other side and kind of hit Trenton Cannon with his knee and his thigh straight, like straight to the face, bent his net back pretty bad. It didn't look great. It looked, it looked pretty bad. Um, but thankfully, should have gotten to this sooner. Thankfully, Trenton Cannon is doing fine. He's in a Seattle hospital. He's only suffered a major concussion. And I say only suffered a major concussion with a lot of context there. A concussion is very serious. It can still be very serious. You know, it's brain damage on a limited in a limited fashion. Uh, they can still be really severe, though. But in terms of the grand scale of things, neck damage, spine damage, anything like that. Anytime they ever... Um, put a player on a stretcher and take him off the field in an ambulance that pulled out onto the field, a concussion is relatively low on the list of things that you were kind of, you know, on the, on the severity list, I guess I'll say it that way. So definitely not minimizing uh, how dangerous concussions are. would never want to do that, do that. But in the grand scheme of things, it seems relatively positive for Trenton Cannon, who will stay the night in Seattle in the hospital until the, uh, until the, so the hospital can monitor him and then he'll head back to, uh, San Francisco, hopefully tomorrow. So that is the status for Trenton Cannon. Uh, major concussion, but avoiding any uh, serious, serious injuries at this time. So that's good to hear. You know, whatever you uh, whatever prayers you sent this way, hopefully that that would be considered answering them. So he he should be okay as of right now. Emmanuel Mosley, um, the 49ers kind of underrated standout corner did leave the game with an ankle injury. He had a huge impact on how the game played out. Uh, he did leave the game with an ankle injury. Kyle Shanahan did not know if it was a high ankle sprain or a low ankle sprain, but he was not able to come back in. And then backup running back or, you know, fellow running back, Jeff Wilson Jr. So Kyle Shanahan said that he suffered like an unknown injury. He forgot to write it down. So he's, we will find out more on Jeff Wilson Jr. They don't know. So, I mean, where to start with this game, guys? Where to start with this game? It was just a weird, rough game from the start. Uh, I mean, you I'll just go down the notes, all right? I'll go down the notes, and we'll, we'll kind of hit on everything. Maybe slightly sporadic, but um, the game ended with the 49ers down. It, the game ended with the current, the, you know, the final score, 23-20. to 20. The 49ers uh, got the – they actually – it was a pretty incredible play by the defense who had a rough day, but – the Seahawks were attempting to basically put the game away. They got all the way down to the 49ers one yard line and the defense pulled out a miracle stop and Aziz Alshair, who's just is turning blossoming into a key player for the 49ers, especially with Fred Warner out. 
forced a fumble on the on the 49ers one yard line and the 49ers recovered it and then they drove 97 yards 96 yards all the way to Seattle's three yard line uh, on third down Jimmy Garoppolo tried to hit Trent Sherfield in the middle of the end zone he was being grappled with I guess you could say uh, I know my friend uh, KP does not believe it was a pass interference call. Uh, they were they were indeed kind of getting handsy with each other, but kind of as the ball released, it seemed like uh, the Seahawks defender was still holding on to Sherfield. He had his right arm around Sherfield's hip and waist, and his left arm was holding Trent Sherfield's left arm. So seemed like PI to me didn't get the call obviously in that situation I say obviously in that situation you sh- those should get the call at any point but it didn't get the call that fell incomplete and then on fourth down Jimmy Garoppolo tried to hit Trent Sherfield in on like a short route right at the right at the uh, right at the end zone George Kittle ran like a nod where he kind of ran down the middle of the defense he actually drew both safeties Trent Sherfield had one on one Jimmy Garoppolo said Trent Sherfield won the route was open Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo tried to hit him, and Carlos Dunlap, Seahawks defensive lineman, got his hand up and batted the ball down, and that was it. And he was matched up against Tom Compton, the 49ers' backup right tackle behind Mike McGlinchey, who's obviously is done for uh, the season with a torn quad. So rough day for him, didn't play well at all. Uh, Had had many plays that kind of were a result of his inability to kind of hang with whoever was matched up against him on the Seahawks. So that's how the game ended. 49ers drove 96 yards, uh, incomplete on third down, incomplete on on fourth down, batted pass, and that was the end of the game. It was, um, I mean, pretty much one of those games that was a, a piss-poor effort from the 49ers on all fronts. I guess we'll start with Jimmy Garoppolo, who despite you know his ability to drive the field there towards the end and, and kind of move the ball, he was horribly inaccurate all day. Um, he had a really, really, ba- really bad day. He, I mean, he completed 20 of 30 passes, which is 66%, which isn't anything to frown at. Um, just a yard under 300, 299. But he had two touchdowns against two interceptions, two horrible interceptions. And he had so many inaccurate passes. It seemed like everybody he was throwing to was constantly having to jump into the air to catch the passes. And it it just, it was just a rough outing for him. And it was not what the, it was exactly what the 49ers couldn't do if they wanted to beat the Seahawks. To me, watching this game, the 49ers seemed like the better football team, but they were hell bent on making every mistake they could to keep the Seahawks in the game. Both of Jimmy, actually only one of Jimmy Garoppolo's interceptions resulted in a touchdown. The other one, I believe, was when the 49ers got an interception on the goal line. Uh, Gerald Everett, Seahawks tight end, caught the pass, bobbled it as he was falling, and then his foot came up and knocked the ball away from his hands right into the awaiting arms of Kwan Williams, who, unlucky for him, was tackled by a Seahawks offensive lineman. And had that Seahawks offensive lineman not made that hustle play, I think Kwan Williams might have had it for six. So uh, that was what happened after Jimmy Garoppolo's first interception, was th- which was thrown directly to Bobby Wagner, uh, just right to him. Like, uh, nowhere else, just to him. And he kind of – it was it, it. Bobby Wagner did what defenses do against Jimmy Garoppolo. They – 
show a blitz, they allow a linebacker to creep up, and then they drop him back into space. And just hope Jimmy Garoppolo misses him because he does it all the time. And, of course, he didn't. Uh, he threw the ball to, I want to say it was supposed to be Trent Sherfield coming, coming, across, coming across the field. Might not have been. Threw the ball too early, right to Bobby Wagner. And uh, instead of letting that window develop be on the other side of Bobby Wagner, threw it right to him. And that, I believe, is the one that resulted in Seahawks or 49ers interception at the goal line. The other one was just airmailed over the top of George Kittle. Jim Garoppolo admitted himself that he should have took the check down. He got greedy. He tried to send it to George Kittle over the middle, who was double covered. It sailed over his head, straight into the arms of the safety. And that did result in a Seahawks touchdown. So that's how the game ended. Well, I mean, that was Jimmy Garoppolo's performance. So it wasn't good. He's got some decent numbers on paper, but if you watch the game, so much was left on the field. Uh, he took a sack for a safety in a, in a situation where, you know, you just got to come up, throw either you're throwing the ball away or you're throwing it in, or excuse me, you're throwing it to somebody or you're throwing it away or slash incomplete. And he didn't do that, held on to it just a little too long, got sacked for a safety. There was another thing I wanted to... What play was that? I think it was the interception where he airmailed it over Kittle's head. I haven't seen the play and the way it was broken down, but he apparently he did have an open Trent Sherfield on like a corner route that would have scored, but he just didn't throw it to him. I haven't seen that play. I haven't, I haven't gone back and looked at it or seen it. So I'm not exactly sure how that went down, but a rough day for Jimmy Garoppolo for sure. Uh, having an even worse day, you know what? Before we get to that, before we get to that, before we get to the uh, the the unit that that you know just just didn't have it. Uh, let's get a quick word in from our sponsors over at Tick Pick Forty Niners Football. It's chugging along. It, it, it's tough to watch. It's a toxic relationship, but we're in for it. So there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find 49ers tickets anymore because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. If you don't believe it, if you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. The 49ers have two more games at Levi's Stadium. They have a Week 15 game against the Atlanta Falcons and a Week 17 game against the Houston Texans, and that is it. So get over to TickPick.com gold today. Save $10 on your first order of 49ers tickets. Again, that's TickPick.com slash gold. And you're going to save 10 bucks on your uh, your first order of 49ers tickets. So get on over there to TickPick. Get to those two home games. Um, and again, the 49ers are still in the playoff race. So there's every reason to get over to, uh, to Levi Stadium and check it out. One more time, that's TickPick.com slash gold. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so right alongside or maybe surpassing Jimmy Garoppolo in the I Played Shit sweepstakes is the 49ers special teams who made their mark on the game right out the gate. Uh, The Seahawks started with the ball. The 49ers defense forced a quick three and out. and Or we thought. Turns out the Seahawks faked the punt and Travis Homer took the direct snap for about 75 yards and a touchdown. That is embarrassing. That can happen. That's rough. 73 yards to be exact. Travis Homer, three carries, 80 yards. 73 of them on that one play. So uh, the Seahawks started the game out with what looked like a, a, a statement, 49ers three and out, and the Seahawks respond with a fake fourth down punt for a massive gain touchdown. It's all mo- about momentum. Now, I say that, but the 49ers responded to the 49ers responded to that touchdown by scoring a touchdown of their own, then forcing a fumble, and then Jimmy Garoppolo threw an interception. Um so it was it was rough. It was rough. Uh, but it, it, I'm not going to say the game was lost in that very first drive where the Seahawks, you know, faked a punt return, but it was just kind of setting it up for Here's the shenanigans. And I may have misspoken earlier because Jimmy Garoppolo's first interception to Bobby Wagner, it says here that that resulted in a punt. So that may have been the one where there was a bad, no, Nick Bosa hit Russell Wilson. And as he was throwing, the ball never came forward though. The ball went flying backwards. It ended up being like, like third and 42, something ridiculous like that. So the Seahawks were forced to punt. I believe that's the case. believe that's the case. Yeah, I'm just looking at the drives right now, trying to make sure I'm not missing anything. Uh, then the 49ers drove down and scored another touchdown. And that was – so the 49ers had really kind of – if you watch how this drive went unfolded, and I'm again, I'm kind of pausing because I'm just looking at it, trying to make sure I'm recapping the game accurately for you guys. 49ers went and scored a touchdown after that punt. So – Jimmy Garoppolo's uh, his first interception was saved, but 
they scored a touchdown, and then the Seahawks missed a field goal. So at that time, the 49ers are up handedly. Uh, and then the 49ers score a touchdown to close out the second half, after, you know, responding to a Seahawks touchdown. And it was an awesome play. There was an awesome play to score to end that drive. George Kittle kind of got the got the ball like a five-yard out on the left side. Uh, of course, in George Kittle fashion, absorbs some hits and just scampers down the left sideline, like balancing the whole way. He at least ran about 15 yards trying to just balance along the line, just ha- millimeters from going out, never goes out, takes it into the touchdown. And, the, you know, it, it seemed like what was going to be an awesome way to end the half. There was less than two minutes left, and the 49ers respond by allowing the Seahawks to march straight down um, with the help of multiple Pass inter, or excuse me, roughing the quarterback penalties. The 49ers march, or excuse me, the Seahawks march straight down and score to end the second half. So the 49ers and Seahawks went into the second half neck and neck. Uh, momentum was towards the Seahawks. It was just the 49ers just felt like they did everything they can to make sure the Seahawks knew that they could win it constantly. It, at no point did it ever felt like the four, you know, obviously, if the Seahawks have a miracle comeback like we've seen them do, and Russ just gets crazy, then that happens. But it never felt the, like the 49ers even put the Seahawks in that position. They just could not figure it out. Here's the 49ers' four drives in the third quarter. They fumbled the first drive, then they had a safety, then Jimmy Garoppolo threw an interception, and then they punted. That was the 49ers' third quarter. That is how you lose a football game right there. So it was uh, it was something else. It was something else. It was just a horror. It was a rough, rough, rough game to watch. But let's keep going. Let's keep going. Okay, 49ers special teams. They gave up that uh, touchdown on the punt fake. And then after the Seahawks come right down to score at the end of the second quarter, the 49ers get the ball to open the third, and Travis Benjamin fumbles the kickoff return. That is when... Russell Wilson throws that weird interception where Gerald Everett's trying to bobble the ball. It flicks it up. K1 Williams takes it. But from that play, the 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo gets sacked in the end zone for the safety. So even when the 49ers forced what looked like a game-changing interception or at least a massive momentum swing their direction, they still found a way to... Give it up. And Tom Compton, again, on the safety, was put onto his ass, and Jimmy Garoppolo was sacked. I believe, I think it was Carlos Dunlap, had to jump over Tom Compton to sack Jimmy Garoppolo. It was one of those plays. So Tom Compton not doing himself any flavor, flavor <laughs> any flavors. Um, and then as part of that end of the second half drive for the Seahawks, they got a massive kick return. They got to start at the Seattle 35 and, um, you know, stuff like that just adds up. If they get to start on the 35 and they get at least 30 yards from defensive pass interference calls, not to mention a pass interference. I, I said defensive pass interference, excuse me. Those were roughing the quarterback calls, 30 yards of it. That takes you all the way well into the 49ers side of the field. Then they got a pass interference call in the end zone, which t- took them to the one yard line. And then Josh Norman gives up outside contain and Adrian Peterson runs it in for the easy touchdown. It was just, it was rough. 
It was rough. The defense, the de- it's a tough conversation to have with the defense because the defense found a way to make plays. Aziz Alshair had a great game. I mean, the dude's stat line is unbelievable. 16 total tackles, a half a sack, uh, a quarterback hit, a tackle for loss, a forced fumble that was on the goal line. Um, the, the defense forced turnovers. They, they had three forced fumbles, four forced fumbles, excuse me. Uh, they didn't recover them all, but they had four forced fumbles. Uh, they, I believe they forced two turnovers. They made plays. You know, you have the, you have two turnovers at the goal line. That's amazing. But at the same time, they found a way to give it right back constantly. Like I said, two uh, defense or roughing the quarterback calls. Now, there's some stuff in there that kind of seems like the defense was getting a little bit cheated. Um, let me Let me make sure I can pronounce his name right. The uh, Charles, I'm, I'm, I want to make sure his name, the guy that they just signed. Let me get in here and make sure I'm going to get it right because I'm not just going to throw a name out there and just slaughter it because uh, I haven't I haven't gotten his pronunciation yet. I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. Y'all are probably just yelling at me. Charles Omenahu. I mean, that wasn't that hard, Robert. Get it together. Charles Omenahu, he had a horrible missed holding call. He was about to sack Russell Wilson. The Seahawks offensive line knew it. He was right next to him. He held him, and Russell Wilson literally used that extra time to throw a touchdown pass to Dwayne Eskridge right in front of him, and that was brutal. That was on the same drive where the 49ers defensive line had given up those two quarterback hits and uh, for a penalty, so... He even posted it on his own Twitter. It's just a picture clear as day of him just being held in the most obvious fashion. And uh, it was on a play where he was going to sack Russell Wilson. Instead, uh, he completes that pass to Dwayne Eskridge for the touchdown. I believe that was right in, um, right before the second half. So the refs seemed like they played way too big of a part in this game, whether it was penalties against the 49ers, penalties against the Seahawks, or just blatant no calls. There was one holding uh, call that the 49ers, Lakin Tomlinson was called on. I think it was in the 49ers final drive. They marched down the field anyways, but Lakin Tomlinson, and I want to say it was probably Alex Mack, were double teaming a Seahawks defensive lineman. And he was just standing there watching the play, you know, kind of just waiting to react to something. Jimmy Garoppolo scrambles, and then the guy, before he's even moving, and he wasn't even going to be a factor in the play, there was no chance he was going to tackle Jimmy Garoppolo. He's literally just standing there with his hands down, doesn't even look like he's fighting the double team, and once Jimmy Garoppolo starts scrambling, he just still standing there, just throws his arms into the air like, hey, I'm being held, and the refs bought it and threw a flag. It was You don't get the benefit of holding calls if you're not fighting in the play. Like If you're just standing there and allowing yourself to be dominated by a double team, then it doesn't matter what you do or what you do with your hands. You're not going to get a holding call. If you want to get a holding call, you have to at least be trying to make a play. This guy was not. He was just standing there, threw his hands in the air, and got the flag. And, you know, then you have what probably should have been called in the end zone um, on the third down play for the 40. But this is not a game. I really need to walk myself back here. This is not a game that the 49ers lost because of the refs. Were they horrible calls? Yes. But the 49ers did everything in their power to lose this football game. 
they did everything they needed to do. They gave up, a, uh, you know, they, they turned over the ball on special teams, resulted in a touchdown. They gave up a fake punt. Jimmy Garoppolo threw two interceptions, one of them resulting in a touchdown. If you look at the, the statistics from this game, the 49ers, at least through the air, uh, the 49ers threw for 294 yards net passing. The Seahawks only managed 181, and somehow the 49ers still lost. The time of possession, relatively equal. 49ers, almost 27 minutes. Seahawks, 33. That really isn't it. 49ers weren't great on third down, 3 of 10. Neither were the Seahawks, so 5 of 15. It just was one of those games where it just seemed like the 49ers were uh, just, they gave a, a much worse team a chance. And in a division game against the Seahawks, you can't get give them a chance. You can't give them a chance. It, it was just, there were so many, so many, so many dub, dub mistakes that were throughout the game. Uh, there was a Dante Johnson penalty where Kwan Williams had made the tackle on Gerald Everett well short of the sticks, two or three yards short. It wasn't going to be close. Then Dante Johnson comes flying up and just helmet to helmet hits Gerald Everett after Jason Brett had already got it figured out. They probably were about to blow the whistle due to uh, you know forward progress. And here comes Dante Johnson. Boom, hits him in the head. And there's a free 15 yards. I can't tell you exactly what drive that was on and what the result of the play is. It, I believe it was on the drive leading up to uh, the, the, on the Seahawks final drive. So it, it, it's, you know, obviously they didn't Seahawks in score. They got the, uh, the fumble, but the Seahawks should have been punting, but Dante Johnson decided he want to go head to helmet to helmet with a guy that was already being tackled. That was a horrible mistake. Josh Norman played a horrible game. The dude was beat. He was just a classic corner running well behind a receiver. The ball was overthrown and he's out there, you know, throwing up the little incomplete gesture. He was struggling, couldn't missing tackles. Um, I don't know if he gave up any, any penalties. I'm sure he did because that is what he does. Tom Compton, like I said, just got abused. The 49ers are going to have to find something better than him. Uh, if you know in replacement of Mike McGlinchey I know Jalen Moore the rookie was kind of in that mix so we'll see if they if they end up going back to him at all Daniel Brunskill and it's tough for me to I'm not an offensive line guy I routinely miss stuff that happens on the offensive line I'm just not focusing on it but multiple times today Tom Compton was asked to get out in space and block for a screen or a run play and he couldn't do it. He missed so many blocks that you know stifled big runs. It's going to be a tough. It's going to be a tough day of film for for Daniel Brunskill along with Tom Compton. That's going to be a rough day for uh, for the offensive line. On one play, it was a dirty, dirty play. Uh, get on Twitter and see it. I think I've got it on my. If you go to my timeline and scroll down, um, I, I quote tweeted a clip of it. Elijah Mitchell was fighting for yards. It was on third down. He was fighting for yards. He actually was down. You didn't. You couldn't really tell it at the time. The re, they actually had to review the play to make sure it wasn't a fumble to rule that he was down. Elijah Mitchell was fighting for yards, and a Seahawks defender just come up, comes up, and shoulders it, slash elbows him right in the head, like it looked like some type of UFC uh, elbow strike, and instantly knocked Elijah Mitchell out. You can just see him, like, like just flail to the left lifeless and go face first into the turf. And he got evaluated for a concussion and they cleared him. So maybe you can get knocked out without suffering a concussion. 
I don't know. You know, they, if you watch UFC, they always talk about the button in your jaw. But this guy just comes up and just clocks him. And it didn't even matter that he had a helmet on. Elijah Mitchell just hit the ground. Boom. And uh, like a ton of bricks. That was a dirty play. I did not I did not enjoy seeing that. Another thing the 49ers couldn't do that I felt like was a huge reason they won their last games, the 49ers could not run the ball against the Seahawks. They only ran the ball 25 times for 71 yards. That's 2.8 yards per play. It was really clear that the, the Seahawks did what they had to do to stop the run. And we're like, okay, do your thing, Jimmy. And Jimmy did his thing, and that resulted in two interceptions. Now, I don't want to seem like just a blatant Jimmy Garoppolo hater for the day. But because, like I said, he did complete 66% of his passes. He is a huge reason the 49ers were able to to get down the field on that, you know, where they were attempting to tie up the game or win it if they went for two. But you're only having to do that because you turned over the football earlier in the game. And, you know, you can't really excuse that. Can't really excuse that. I feel like the 49ers have been getting, I don't know, lucky with Jimmy Garoppolo the past few games. And this one, it kind of just came back to bite him in the butt. It wouldn't have surprised me if Trey Lance got to come in, but Kyle Shanahan, for whatever reason, is very, very, very... This will tell you how anti-Trey Lance Kyle Shanahan is right now, in this moment. The 49ers ran a fourth down zone read play with Jimmy Garoppolo, and he kept the ball and got destroyed. Now, they got lucky because there was actually a penalty on the snap, so they just punted it. Um, what would have been what should have been the Seahawks getting the ball around midfield? They ran a zone read with Jimmy Garoppolo. Now I understand that they may that may surprise the defense, and that may be the value in it. But you have Trey Lance on the sideline, and you're running zone reads with Jimmy Garoppolo on fourth down. Like what the hell is happening? It wasn't close, defender. I don't even know if Trey Lance would have converted it. It didn't seem that way. But it just is weird. It's a weird dynamic Kyle Shanahan's putting off right now when it comes to Trey Lance, who, you know, like I said in the last pod, Kyle Shanahan said it just completely ruins his his play-calling rhythm. The only problem is, is it never really seemed like the 49ers had a play-calling rhythm against the Seahawks. So would have getting Trey Lance in there for a series or for that play really thrown off anything? Uh, didn't seem that way, but. You know, and and along with the 49ers' inability to run the ball, the 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 cornerback depth is just brutal at this point. Like like I said earlier, Emmanuel Mosley comes out with an ankle injury. Uh, Josh Norman's in there doing Josh Norman things. They bring in fifth round corner Diamador Lenore, who instantly, you know, really quickly gives up a huge play to DK Metcalf, and who doesn't? I get that. And then commits a pass interference call, play in the end zone. And the Seahawks score. And they got him right out for the start of the second half. And in comes Dante Johnson. And Dante Johnson had his own struggle slash impact on this game. So let's just say that behind, they they took out Diamador Lenore to put Dante Johnson in. That would mean that the 49ers starting corners, let's just say that, that Diamador Lenore doesn't re-earn that role in that means that next week against the Bengals, the 49ers starting corners are Josh Norman and Dante Johnson. If Emmanuel Mosley's ankle injury is significant. It was significant enough to hold him out for the rest of the game. So let's take uh, Emmanuel Mosley off the list. The 49ers healthy corners right now are Dante Johnson, Josh Norman, Ambry Thomas, and K1 Williams. No, Ambry Thomas, K1 Williams, and Diamador Lenore. But Diamador Lenore kind of got benched today. Kwan Williams was solid, 
Ambry Thomas has struggled when he's been out there. We'll see if they they'll put him back in. So you're really rolling around on the perimeter with Dante Johnson, Josh Norman, and Ambry Thomas. They, you might as well like you might as well put Twisty Tart out there or something. Jimmy Ward. I mean, he's good at free safety, but that ain't gonna do it. That ain't gonna do it. Get Nick Bosa out there, play corner, he'll probably be good at it. Nick Bosa had a good game. He had another sack. I believe that puts him up to 12 on the season. Let's get in here and look at, at Nick Bosa's game uh, by the numbers. Three tackles, one sack. Um, you know, and they, I guess, are they counting that as a sack? He has one sack for a loss of 23 yards. Now, maybe they're they're counting that, that smash of Russell Wilson uh, as a, you know, as those yardage. Maybe it's just yards lost. I don't, it's tough to understand that. Sad. Also had a forced fumble. So Nick Bosa continues, continues to do the damn thing. Uh, Eric Armstead had himself a sack. Uh, DJ Jones didn't have a sack, but had a great game. Jordan Willis uh, had a sack. Pretty crucial one there towards the end of the game. Uh, Arden Key had a half a sack. So, you know, the 49ers had standouts on defense. They had little glimpses of, damn, that's good defense, but they just did so much more to, you know, to, to limit and, and ruin that. It was just rough. It was rough. Shanahan, after the game, said he was disappointed, frustrated, thought it was self-inflicted, thought the team was ready to go. And even DJ Jones said something in his press conference saying the coaches had us ready to go. We just didn't do it, made too many mistakes. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo was super, obviously super disappointed. He said he knew that last throw was a touchdown. Uh, they just got a hand up and batted it down. You know, he talked a little bit about his interception, said he got greedy with the second one. On the first one, he just said Wagner popped up out of the crowd and got the ball. And he did. He, he, Wagner kind of darted forward as if he was going to either blitz or come up to support the run. Probably was a play action play. And yeah, and he just bailed out on it and, and Garoppolo threw it right to him. But that's how Garoppolo's throwing a lot of his interceptions. So, I mean, that's really it. Again, this is just my reaction to the game. Uh, it was a disappointing loss for the 49ers. It was one, you know, they're going up against a 3-8 and eight Seahawks team. And, and I said this earlier in the week. It's a Seahawks game. No matter, I mean, you can look at the title of the last pod, and I choose the titles. The records didn't matter. It was 49ers versus Seahawks, and the 49ers found a way, despite being the better football team, to lose to the Seahawks again. I believe the Seahawks have scored 15 points in their last two games and then zero in the games before that. And then they come out and drop 30 on the 49ers. So leave it up to the 49ers defense, you know, which is, which is reeling with a lot of injuries right now, but leave it up to them to make the Seahawks look like a very good football team. Um, it, it just, it seemed like destiny. You knew it was the Seahawks. You knew it was a divisional game. You knew it was going to get, get crazy. And uh, I told KP during the week as we were texting, I was like, I feel like the 49ers should run through them both literally and, and not literally, whatever word I was looking for there, but it, it's the Seahawks, man. And and that's ended up how it played out. The 49ers just seemed like they were in their own head and they talked their docked themselves into losing to a team that wasn't as good. Now, for the 49ers, all is not lost. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo said it himself. We got to watch the film. We got to be harder on ourselves, and we're going to move on because the 49ers are traveling uh, across the country to face the Cincinnati Bengals next Sunday. So, and and like we've already talked about, they're still in the playoffs right now, but they have a couple teams behind them that can't be uh, they can't be slept on. So the 49ers have got to continue to win football games the rest of their schedule. 
is next week against the Bengals, and they come home against the Atlanta Falcons. Then they're at the Titans, um, and then they come home again against the uh, – excuse me, I thought I said Texans in there. Maybe I said Falcons. Bengals away, Falcons at home, Titans away, Texans at home. Uh, a lot of very winnable football games, and the 49ers need to win them if they want to maintain that uh, that playoff spot. So we'll see how it goes. But not a great, not a great game for the 49ers. Uh, a lot of things that they're going to need to work on. A lot of things that they're going to need to adjust to, especially with that cornerback uh, depth really falling apart on them. Uh, they're going to have to figure out how to do it because as good as that 49ers defensive front is, it's not necessarily getting home as often as you would want it to. And so they're going to need to be able to cover. They're going to need to be able to cover. So tough loss for the 49ers. Uh, we'll see later this week what you know what comes through 49ers press conferences, what comes of the 49ers injuries, and we'll see how uh, how ready they seem to uh, to face the Bengals. Which, despite losing, let me double check for you. The Bengals did lose. I know that this week. Where's the game? Yeah, they lost uh, 41-22 to the Chargers. So the Bengals are now seven and five. But as you can see, no slouch. No slouch for the Bengals. That's going to be a good matchup for the 49ers and one that they're going to need to win if they want to maintain that that playoff seating. So, anywho, we'll see how the week goes. We will hit you up a little later this week to break down any of the news from the week and preview that Bengals matchup and what the 49ers have got to do to uh, to get back on the winning record side of things. But I appreciate you guys. Thank you for listening to Striking Gold. Sorry, it wasn't. Uh, sorry, the game wasn't exactly what you'd hope for, but. It is what it is. We're in for one of those seasons with the 49ers this year, and it's, uh, it's like I said, it's a toxic relationship. So we'll see how it goes. We'll see what kind of week we're going to have. Um, but it's all good here, man. I just appreciate that I get to talk to you guys about the 49ers, and you guys get to, and you guys are willing to listen. So uh, make sure you, again, jump on. If you're thinking about going to a 49ers game at Levi's Stadium or anywhere, really, jump on tickpick.com uh, slash gold. That lets them know you came from here, and you'll get $10 off your first order of tickets. So, and, and again, don't forget about that price guarantee. If, uh, if for some reason you find those tickets cheaper somewhere else, they'll pay you the difference 110%. So tickpick.com slash gold. Appreciate you guys. Make sure you're out there rating, reviewing, subscribing, commenting, uh, showing the podcast love. If you deem it worthy, uh, which hopefully you do appreciate you. Thank you for striking gold. Uh, I'm Rob and for another week. <laughs>